A word of warning. This episode contains mature language depicting instances of sexual, physical, and or emotional abuse of children. Okay, girls. 2016. Olympic year. Be right here. Marta would literally clear rooms. Everybody was afraid of Marta because she had that much power. Everything what you do from this moment, it cuts. I remember going into the meets and they're like, are you nervous? I'm like, nervous for what? Have you met Marta? Like, she's terrifying. Is she that tough a taskmaster? Perfectionist. She, yeah, she's a yes. perfectionist. If we gave 100%, she wanted 110. If you gave 110, she won 120. Nothing was ever good enough for Marta, and I think that's what made us so good. I'm 100% happy with my career. I could not wish for anything more. This is the last time for Marta. She's a legend. <laughs> She's a gymnastics god. This is episode seven, The Unraveling. Elite gymnastics moves in four-year cycles. One Olympics ends, and the march toward the next begins. Marta Caroli was in her last quadrennium, as they call it. At 73, this will be Marta's final Olympics as coach. Unfortunately, any uh, good stuff has to come to an end. In July of 2015, Marta made it official. She would be retiring after Rio. She was about to choose one more Olympic team. And one of the gymnasts fighting for a spot on that team was an athlete from Little Canada, Minnesota. My name is Maggie Nichols. I was on the USA national team for gymnastics, and now I go to the University of Oklahoma. In 2014, Maggie turned heads when she took bronze in the all-around at nationals. Her lifelong Olympic dreams started to feel tangible. Now on Maggie Nichols. She just looks so steady. This mount right here. Wow, she's a tough, she's a tough cookie. She finally feels like she's in the mix. And by 2015, the 17-year-old had established herself as one of the top all-around gymnasts in the country. She'd even gotten Marta Caroli to acknowledge her improvement. You said the other day that Maggie is maybe the most improved this quadrennium. Right. What did she show you here that maybe further made her case? Well, she just showed that she is very consistent mm -hmm. and her execution and technique of skills, it's uh, very nice, so it would be a selection today, she obviously yes. <laughs> would yes. be nothing. This was a huge compliment coming from a woman who was notoriously stingy with her praise. And it was a huge step forward for Maggie, who'd never felt very secure about how Marta viewed her. I was never Marta's favorite, really. I don't know if anyone was really like close with Marta, but if you were one of the best, then she liked you more than some of the other athletes and treated you maybe a little bit better. Maggie knew that earning Marta's praise wasn't a guarantee of anything, and that she'd have to stay healthy going into the Olympic year, because she knew Marta would regard her differently if she thought she was vulnerable. That's the reality. I have all this information on my mind not only about the day scores or day performance, but about how strong of a person it is, how dedicated a person it is, how disciplined a person it is. In March of 2015, Maggie had tweaked her knee at the ranch, 
and was seen by the national team doctor, Larry Nasser. Right away, I just felt very uncomfortable, and I knew that what he was doing was, I didn't think it was the right thing to do, and he, like, closed the blinds, and it just felt very weird. Maggie was the daughter of medical professionals. She knew how doctors were supposed to treat patients. Throughout her gymnastics career, she had been seen by lots of doctors and physical therapists. But her visit with Nasser left her uncomfortable, so she said something to a friend. Well, I was actually talking with one of my teammates, and my coach overheard, and so she asked me about it, and then that's when things kind of got started. Maggie's coach, Sarah Jancy, overheard Maggie describing, in pretty graphic terms, the treatment she had received from Larry Nasser. And what was the conversation with your teammate like? Well, I was asking if he had ever done that to her and, like, if she felt that it was right or wrong. Or We both, like, didn't really know because, like, we are always told to trust him, that he was the best at what he did. Sarah suspected that she had heard a description of sexual abuse. So she reported it to new USA Gymnastics Women's Program Director Rhonda Fain, the same Rhonda Fain who went to the 1988 Olympics as an alternate with Marta and Bella. Rhonda then called USA Gymnastics president Steve Penny. Sarah Jancy had called me as well, so Sarah called me right away. Gina Nichols is Maggie's mother. I was in total shock. I was really, really upset, and I called my husband. We were both really scared and upset, and we're like, well, we need to call the authorities. My husband's a physician, I'm a nurse, you know, we're mandatory reporters. But before they could go to the police, Steve Penny intervened. He immediately called me and and said, you don't need to call the police because USA Gymnastics will take care of it. But he said over and over again, do not tell anybody. This is secret. I guess we believed him. I mean, he said he was doing it, so I guess I didn't have any other... I, I, I just assumed he would. Maggie wasn't involved in the conversations the adults were having. Instead, she stayed focused on the Olympics. She continued to train at the ranch and pursue a spot on Marta's final team, along with her friend and teammate, Simone Biles. The first time I remember meeting Maggie was at a camp, and then ever since then, we had just been, like, best friends. We laughed at the same things. We enjoyed the same things. Just our personalities matched really well. Both gymnasts had struggled to get in Marta's good graces. Even Simone Biles the most dominant gymnast of her generation, had to constantly prove herself. She is a a talented girl, but also you always have to pair your talent with a consistent training regimen. In fact, when a 13-year-old Simone had shown up for her first developmental camp at the ranch back in 2011, it went about as badly as it could go. I was like, oh, I'm being invited to a summer camp. That's going to be so fun. I get to stay in a cabin, get to be with the girls. No, we went there and it was like a boot camp. That's what they should have called it because it was not fun. They should take the word camp out of it. And I did not enjoy it. Simone struggled at the camp and Marta came down hard on her. She said I was sloppy and if I didn't get it under control, like the power, it would be a waste of talent. Yeah, Marta didn't like me back then. Simone's mother, Nellie Biles, remembers learning that Simone would not be invited back to the ranch. Marta did not want her to return. (laughs) And I mean, that was very disappointing. And I thought that attending this first camp was the turning point for Simone in her career. Just to know that she, she was told not to come back anymore. 
and it was it was Simone's oh definitely her attitude Simone forgot to tell you that it was definitely her attitude and Marta did not care for that because if Marta say jump you're supposed to say how high and Simone was not playing the game at that time nope so that's why it was hard being that young and having someone tell you that you're not good enough when you feel like you're trying your hardest I was not I was not about that that was not fun that was it and so an entire year Simone had to train at the gym and not return to camp for that entire year that she was banned but Simone had an incredible junior season during that year of banishment and so Marta relented and invited her back to the ranch I think Marta saw I had something special in me before I knew it myself. So she was always very hard on me. Like sometimes to the point where I not thought it was unfair, but she definitely expected a lot more from me than others at times. I remember I didn't stick my two and a half on vault and she told me I was useless for the team. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm useless, guys. Sorry. Maybe I should pack up and go home. Even as Simone developed into a world champion, she still found it hard to get praise out of Marta. We had to come as close to perfection as possible in order to keep the world supremacy. She would say, like, good, good, very good, those little things, because Marta would never tell you that it was perfect because she never wanted us to stop trying. Just brush off everything to the side and don't get disturbed by being named Superman or whatever. (laughs) In the summer of 2015, Simone and Maggie looked forward to the year ahead, hoping it would end with both of them bound for Rio. Now, Simone Biles has been so dominant, you say, okay, well, who's been doing the best job at it, at least trying to keep up with her? And the answer is Maggie Nichols. Simone took gold in the all-around at Nationals in August. Maggie took silver. Coming in second to Simone was about the best any gymnast could hope for. A year out from the Olympics, Maggie couldn't have been in a better spot. Behind the scenes, a decision was made by USA Gymnastics and Marta Caroli to allow Larry Nasser to make a quiet exit. Nasser said he was retiring from his job with the women's national team. My reporting partner, Bonnie Ford. He made the announcement in a Facebook post in September 2015, three months after Maggie's coach reported him to USA Gymnastics. The post made his retirement seem voluntary, like it was a personal choice. The most striking thing about it to me was this line he wrote about Marta. As Marta once said to me, we are like husband and wife. We have our disagreements, but it is always about what is best for the children. After Larry was out of the picture, Marta and USA Gymnastics kept quiet about Maggie's allegations. Marta was the president of the culture of silence. She was the minister of the department of the culture of this is all bad and no one say anything because I'll retaliate it against you. Jessica O'Byrne is the host of a podcast called Gymcastic. For years, she'd heard off the record from gymnasts about Marta's strong-arm tactics. The athletes were afraid of retaliation. They were afraid they wouldn't be invited back to camp. They were afraid that they wouldn't be chosen for teams. They were afraid that they would be treated differently. They were afraid of everything. Maggie Nichols hadn't intended to report on Nasser, but once she did, the Nichols felt that their relationship with USA Gymnastics and Marta changed because Maggie had broken the culture of silence. 
Once she reported her abuse, USA Gymnastics totally abused her and our family. It was a long year. And there you go. <laughs> Here's your world all-around champion, Simone Biles of the United States. As the year progressed, Simone and Maggie's path started to veer in different directions. Simone Biles is considered the greatest of all time. <laughs> you just run out of adjectives when you're talking about Simone Biles. But things for Maggie got rocky. In April of 2016, just months before the Olympic trials, Maggie tore her meniscus and required knee surgery. She went from the girl Marta was calling most improved to the girl who would have to prove she could bounce back. She is a girl who very determined and she will do everything in her power to come back to the shape where she was before uh, uh, that injury. 27 days away. Five will represent the United States. Who are they going to be? The Olympic trials start now. As we often say, the selection committee is watching everything, but the two most important eyes in the building are those. Marta Caroli, who's the boss of Team USA. We'll start things off with Maggie Nichols on the vault. She's trying to get to the Olympic Games after two really bad knee injuries. What are her chances? Marta said for Maggie to be in the hunt, she has to be as good as she was in 2015. I wasn't really close to 100% going into Olympic trials. I still had to wear a lot of tape on my knee. I couldn't train as much as I wanted to, didn't get all the skills back that I could have done before. And that comes into account on this event right here because she was capable of doing this very difficult vault. We'll see it from Simone Biles. It's called an Aminon. It's a two and a half twist. She's been flirting with trying to do it. Maggie wasn't ready to perform the Aminar again, one of the hardest vaults in gymnastics. So instead, she competed a vault with a lower difficulty score. And that's going to make her quest a little bit harder. Just a double fall, great landing. But she nailed it. Maggie had solid performances on the beam and bars and finished with impressive tumbling on floor. I mean, I think that was one of my best floor routines. That's really hard to do after coming back from an injury like that. And she still believed that she had a real shot of making the team. But you may have seen in the background during the routine, the selection committee wasn't really watching. But Maggie's parents were watching. Since the moment they arrived in the arena, they had been aware that something was off. Our names were t torn off our seats for where the athletes' parents were supposed to be. Because we'd been to all these things before, and we were always mic'd. We always knew where we were supposed to sit, and we didn't get mic'd. We weren't talked to, we were ignored. Maggie's fate was still up in the air, but her best friend's destiny was all but certain. Simone Biles, not only is she a champion, three-time world champion, she is probably the best that has ever been. She's gonna go to Rio, she's gonna win a boatload of medals there. Simone was guaranteed a spot on the team because she finished first at trials. Everyone else's fate was in the hands of the selection committee. And you know in her last Olympics, Marta Crowley wants to make a huge statement. I was very happy and pleased with how I finished the competition. I had never seen anybody come back from an injury and be so 
confident. Finally, Marta Crowley is out. They've made the decision, and now they're going to tell the team. So I've been in a room like this before where the athletes are just sitting there waiting for Marta to come in, and there she goes. Going to make five young ladies' dreams come true right now. Maggie placed sixth overall at trials. But when Steve Penny announced the Olympic roster... It's now my great pleasure to introduce to you the five ladies who will represent the United States of America in Rio de Janeiro. Three-time world champion, Simone Biles. Maggie wasn't even named as one of the three alternates. They will be joined by the three replacement athletes. Please welcome Michaela Skinner, Reagan Smith, and Ashton Locklear. These are your Olympic team members for 2016. I was kind of just confused on why I wasn't called, but I mean, at the time, I just trusted the national staff and Marta and who they picked the team. Well, I think Maggie Nichols is going to be devastated because a year ago, she was definitely on this team. Kind of broke my heart not hearing her name on the team because everybody knew she earned that spot. Everybody knew it. Even Marta knew she belonged on the team. Marta cried when she announced the team. It was all predetermined that she wasn't even going to be part of it. I don't think Maggie made the team because I think somebody had power over Marta when she selected that team. I think there were deals that were made under the table. Right now at the Olympic Arena in Rio, the first of many nights that we have been looking forward to for a long time. In 1996, there was a Magnificent Seven. In 2012, a Fierce Five. This group will make a name for themselves tonight. The expectation is enormous, the pressure as well, as Marta Crowley will say goodbye to USA Gymnastics after these Olympic Games. The U.S. gymnast stepped onto the competition floor and dominated. And no one more so than Simone Biles. Judges, put your pencils down because that right there... That is an Olympic gold medal winning moment. Without question, Olympic gold medalist in the all-around, Simone Biles. This has been her destiny all along. Simone won gold in the individual all-around. Gold on vault, gold on floor. And it was Simone's epic floor routine that put an exclamation point on Team USA's triumph. Get the gold medals ready again. The five gymnasts whispered plans as they waited to hear the announcers confirm their win. It's official. The U.S. had won back-to-back -back team gold. The gymnasts huddled around the TV camera. One, two, three. We had our final five! The final five of Marta Caroli. Wow. That's special. I guess that's a great big thank you to Marta Caroli. What a legacy. I'm 100% happy with uh, my career uh, as a gymnastics coach. I think I could not wish for anything more. I feel like uh, I'm not sad of finishing because I know that our ideas will stay there and our work, the base was put 
down. And, you know, I think the building will stay up. The Carolis returned home from Rio at the pinnacle of their careers. For 50 years, they chased a dream of gymnastics domination, the kind Russia had once enjoyed. And here it was. Now the United States was the team that every other nation was chasing. Shortly before the Olympic Games, USA Gymnastics had announced a deal to purchase a portion of the ranch from the Carolis for $3 million. Bella and Marta would continue to live in their house, but USA Gymnastics would control the training facilities and run all of the camps held there. The Carolis were bowing out of gymnastics for the last time, but their ranch, their life's work, would continue to be the hub of women's elite gymnastics in America for generations to come. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Shocking allegations tonight. This is a controversy that could cast a pall over the gold medal winning tradition that is women's gymnastics. Allegations that strike at the heart of a very successful U.S. Olympic sport and the most famous tandem of gymnastics coaches in the world. A month after Team USA's triumph in Rio, the Indianapolis Star reported on allegations against Larry Nasser. And once those accusations were made public, the news exploded. Accused of sexually assaulting young girls in his care over a period of 19 years. These sexual assault charges are rocking the gymnastics world. It had taken Olympian Jamie Dancher years to come to terms with her experience. I, I was still in my own head. I, I couldn't really believe that that it happened to me. I was just like, oh, I wonder if it happened to anybody else. But. As more and more women came forward, that's when I started feeling like, okay, it's not just me. I remember when it was the 15th woman that came forward. For some reason, I don't know why it was that number, but I remember that was a big moment of like, okay, I'm right, I did the right thing. An ex-national team member reached out to me and sent me an article and was like, read this and let me know what you think. Maddie Larson was the gymnast who believed Larry had lied to her about her broken ankle. And I read it. I was like, what? Me too. What? Me too. Like, it was just weird and overwhelming. And the way she described Larry's quote-unquote treatments was exactly what I had experienced. And... um I ended up calling back that teammate and we were just kind of in shock and like the, not a lot of talking on the phone, we were just kind of like silent. We are just like, I, I didn't even think we said the words. I think the first time I said the words is when I called my sister. I was like, I'm pretty sure I was molested by my doctor all of the years that I had him. Olympic gold medalist Jordan Weber, Olympic hopeful Jeanette Antolin, Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles, and Olympic bronze medalist Tasha Schweikert were all beginning to understand that Larry Nasser had abused them. Well, at first I was planning on being anonymous. At first it was really scary for me because remembering being abused, like I hadn't thought about Larry's treatment since it happened. And then when all this came out, thinking about that, 
and then having to go back so many years and think about all of it all over again. Like it was something for me that once it was finished, I just wanted to leave it behind. Deciding to speak out, I didn't do that for myself. I thought by showing courage, I could help others. I feel like sometimes, like people don't realize how triggering it is for me, but I, I put my mentality at jeopardy to help other people. And I know it's affected each of our lives very differently, but very negatively. The number of women coming forward kept growing. More than 140 women and girls. And growing. More than 250 women and girls have accused Nasser of sexual abuse. One of the worst things we have seen in U.S. Olympic history. And like Simone, Jamie, Maddie, Jordan, Jeanette, Tasha, many of those survivors had come up as national team members through the training system at the Caroli Ranch. Several of Nasser's alleged victims say he abused them at the Caroli's facility. Did you think he was doing anything bad? Oh, no way. I don't think so. <laughs> that one. The whole did. gymnastics community couldn't recognize us. Everybody said, Larry Nassar is a good doctor. Larry Nassar is a good guy. The Carolis are adamant that no one ever raised concerns with them about Dr. Nasser. Never, ever one single complaint. Not if rumblings, not... Absolutely not. There's something creepy about that guy. Absolutely not. But under oath in a 2017 deposition, Marta admitted to having been informed of Maggie Nichols' complaint. Were you ever advised by any USAG official in or around June of 2015 that they had received a complaint that Dr. Nasser had molested a national team gymnast at the ranch? Yes, I did. And who, who reported that to you, ma'am? Mr. Penny. When you think about some of the biggest names in gymnastics, and they say they were violated here. How does right. that sit with that, you? That, that's awful, but I would say, even if they have big names or they have no names, any child who was violated by Nassar, it's a crime. How much do you think they knew? <sighs> oh, it's, that's the hardest question because I can't say 100% they knew exactly what Larry was doing, but I don't think they were doing their job in asking any questions about what he was doing. I think that they're hugely responsible, but I don't think that they think that they're responsible. I think they believe their job was to come in and create a system that produced results. Um, I think they took that very literally. This training environment that they built this environment that that created was the only reason why Larry was able to exist and to sexually abuse so many people. Because we like essentially lived in fear at those camps and could not communicate anything. I don't even really care if she knew or not because she was the one who thought it was okay for him to be alone in a room with us at any time of the night to treat us, and she just like didn't care. So maybe she knew, maybe she didn't. 
I don't care. She put us in harm's way by allowing that to happen. Like, you're an adult. You're taking charge. You wanted this position. You took this position to take charge of our national team. But you want all the power, but none of the responsibility. It's like, no, no, no. My, I, wash, I wash my hands clean of it. I had, I had nothing to do with it. But it's like, yes, you did. You were there. You were there. First of all, these training camps uh, were organized by USA Gymnastics. It's not organized by Bela or Morto Caroli. It has the Caroli's name on it. It's it, it, your house it, and your yes, property. Yes, but the property was leased by USA Gymnastics and they run the activities. I'm a mom, I have a little one. If one of his little friends comes to my house and gets hurt or something happens to him, that's my responsibility. I'm the one in charge of him. So when we were on their property, who was in charge of us? Word late Thursday from USA Gymnastics, they're cutting ties with the Caroli Ranch in Texas. For more than a year after the Nasser news first broke, USA Gymnastics kept holding training camps at the ranch, despite backing out of the $3 million purchase agreement. But in January of 2018, the Federation severed its relationship with the Carolis completely. The decision came three days after Simone Biles tweeted about USA Gymnastics continuing to use the ranch as its national training center. I felt that if I sent that out, I would be helping others speak up and speak out. So I just hit send as I was walking into the gym, put my phone down and started practice. It also came as Larry Nasser pleaded guilty to 10 counts of criminal sexual conduct in Michigan and was sentenced to a maximum of 175 years in prison. During Nasser's sentencing hearings, 204 women read victim impact statements in open court. Maddie Larson was one of the national team gymnasts who tied her abuse back to her time at the ranch. The complete detachment from the outside world on top of careless and neglectful adults, made the ranch the perfect environment for abusers and molesters to thrive. Marta, did you keep Larry around because he was a good doctor? Or did you really keep him around because he let us compete when we were injured and was willing to keep your secrets? The questions about who bore responsibility were only growing. And gymnasts like Simone Biles were not backing down on calling out the adults who had failed them. I don't mean to cry, but it just, we had one gold. We've done everything that they asked us for, even when we didn't want to, and they couldn't do one damn job. You had one job. You literally had one job, and you couldn't protect us. At least a dozen gymnasts have filed civil lawsuits, naming the Carolis as co-defendants. All of those lawsuits are on hold. USA Gymnastics filed for bankruptcy in 2018, and all other cases are stayed until that is resolved. Texas authorities belatedly carried out their own investigation. We do not believe that there is any corroborated evidence with regard to Bella and Marta Caroli that they did anything wrong. Prosecutors finding no evidence of any wrongdoing by coaches Bella or Marta Caroli. The Walker County District Attorney's Office says there was, quote, a total failure by USA Gymnastics to protect these young gymnasts. Uh, I think the Caroli Ranch now has been uh, painted with a brush that will not be allowed to to be forgotten. The Carolis were never charged with a criminal offense, but in the fall of 2018, 
Former USA Gymnastics President Steve Penny was arrested on a charge of tampering with evidence for ordering a USA Gymnastics employee to remove medical records from the ranch before it could be searched by Texas authorities. His case is pending. The Carolis have maintained their innocence and ignorance. We're in the Superior Court of the state of California. And do you solemnly swear the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you God? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. As I understand your answer, you do not believe it was your responsibility. What I am saying, the gymnasts were not under my control at all. Have you ever met Dr. Larry Nassar? I've seen him passing from one gym to another one. That was pretty much all. Saying hi, hi. I feel extremely bad. I don't feel responsible, but I feel extremely hurt that this thing happened. And it happened everywhere, but happened here also. The Carolis have only given one interview since the Nasser news broke, to Dateline in April 2018. I tried to think back about all kinds of situations of Nassar working with the kids, and I could not find anything. It's with my conscience very clear I can make this statement. In April 2018, they filed their own lawsuit. The Carolis sued the U.S. Olympic Committee and USA Gymnastics. They say that they shouldn't be held responsible for lawsuits connected to Nassar sexual abuse. And they didn't know it was happening. The Carolis say that the organizations are pinning this on them to, quote, shift the blame away from themselves. These miserable men destroyed everything that I, I was working for. My, my facilities, my... Dreams, to be honest. Lifelong work. Lifelong yes. work and also my health. He's not the same strong man, you know, that he used to have such a stature of greatness. Shelly Stack was one of the original Caroli girls back in the 80s. She became a coach and a judge and served on the national team developmental staff during Marta's tenure. She was at the ranch the day USA Gymnastics announced it would be shut down. And she still visits with Marta and Bella. He's lost weight and he still has a full head of hair. That's quite amazing. But he's definitely, he's frail and you can see that time has changed him drastically in the last three years. It's very sad. Marta, on the contrary, walks every day. Like three to eight miles, she walks every day and continues to do it, and she looks great. You would never guess that she is the age she is because she takes care of herself perfectly. Bella and Marta, through their lawyer, turned down our interview request. So Bonnie and I took a trip to the ranch to see it for ourselves. We stayed at a distance. The Carolis still live on the property, but there was no sign of them the day we drove there. It was eerily quiet. You know, after having heard of the Crowley Ranch for so long, and aside from a couple of butterflies, we haven't seen life anywhere. The ranch is empty, and the thing that they, they enjoyed most was being a part of creating gymnastics. You know, that's what their passion was. 
this, there's, we can see from here the signs. There's a red and white signs that point towards the various lodgings for the athletes, and they're all named after Olympics. You know, there's Beijing and Athens. There's also a sign saying no visitors or parents are allowed on premises during camp program. That's pretty straightforward. All of the USA Gymnastics and U.S. Olympic Committee signage has been removed. Most of the animals are gone. The gyms are locked. The power has been turned off. You know, Bella was so proud when he would talk about that they were going to leave the ranch to USA Gymnastics and that would be their gift to the sport in the U.S. Nancy Armour is a columnist for USA Today. He was so proud of that. And to know that it's not just that, you know, there, there aren't the monthly camps there or anything else, but their association with a federation of sport is gone. And they have to be confronted by that every day. Did you ever hit a gymnast? No. Probably 50 years ago in Romania when the, the, even slapping or spanking, that was a common procedure, yes. I don't know about the rest of the girls in the United States, but I can tell you the Romanian gymnasts, they all are destroyed as humans. It's always hard to talk about it because in many ways it's such a private part of my life that I don't like to remember. But unfortunately, I do remember many things which they have been haunting me for over 30 years now. Gabby Jaiculescu and Trudy Kolar are elite gymnasts who trained with Bella and Marta in Romania. He was an excellent coach. I have to give it to him. He was, I mean, he, at that point, he was the best coach in the world. But I had to pay a big price for that. And to this day, I'm paying the price for that. I had nightmares for 30 years. They hurt me so badly, and I took it in so deeply because all of us were good children. The Caroli's physical and emotional abuse of Romanian gymnasts was documented in a 600-page secret police dossier that was declassified in 2005 and reported on in the Romanian press. It corroborated the gymnast stories of starvation, beatings, and the disregarding of medical advice. But those accounts were never reported in the U.S. media. Choreographer Geza Pozar had been an informant inside the Caroli's gym in Romania in the 70s. He reported the physical abuse he witnessed. But after Geza defected with Bella and Marta in 1981, he remained quiet for years. He wishes now that he had been more outspoken earlier in the United States. I wish I had been, but I wasn't, you know. My uh, personal life and my uh, story was too tight, you know, to Bella and Marta at that time. That I, I just, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. Why did you continue to work with them? With Bela? Because we are the same blood, Hungarian. You, you can't deny your family. They were like family, and we worked so long together. He became, for me, he was the biggest influence in my life. Gymnastics made Romania famous, and it was so much pressure on us that we need to, to deliver the medal, and not any medal, gold, 
If it's not gold, it's not good enough. You're not good enough. I started at four years old. And my mom told me that. I like pointed to the TV and was just like, I want to do that. I always wanted to go back into the gym and take more turns than everyone else, skip the line so I could do more gymnastics. I was doing gymnastics in the yard. I absolutely was toe up in love with this. And then as soon as I stepped in the gym, of course, I loved it. I loved the foam pit. I loved the trampoline. I loved doing it. I loved watching it. Honestly, like to flip around is so much fun. And as a kid, I always had dreams of flying. I think that was the closest I could get to it. Ever since I was little, every single day, I loved it more. I just remember loving gymnastics so much, to hating it, to this kind of inner conflict of this love-hate relationship with it. I'm telling you, I don't see any other way than we did to prepare uh, gymnasts who are successful. I will say this about the Crawlers, they've done amazing things for gymnastics in this country. Kerry Strong has won the gold medal standing on one leg. They did amazing things. They are two of the hardest working individuals in the sport of gymnastics in any country. They did it in Romania, they did it here. Olympian and TV commentator Kathy Johnson-Clark and former USA Gymnastics president Mike Jackie watched the Carolis build their empire from the time they arrived in America. Caroli changed the direction of gymnastics in the United States. The gold medal goes to Mary. Oh my God, I can't express the feeling. Good God. Obviously, as long as you win, who's going to challenge you? You win the Olympic gold medal. Somebody say, well, we ought to do it different. Well, what, what should we do different? We're going to win two Olympic gold medals? Gold and silver medalists, one, two. For Team USA. The problem was because they went unchecked. Kathy Johnson Clark, reporter Scott Reed, and former UCLA coach Val Condos Field have all seen the Caroli system up close. Marta took us to the top of Mount Olympus, but you when you look down, you see a lot of carnage. And you're gonna be looking at that carnage for decades. When you finally make it. That has a wonderful way of just sort of softening edges and memories and, and moments that may have been horrible. But now suddenly, okay, it's okay. And, and to some, they even feel like, but that's what made me too, because it made me tough and it made me resilient. I used it and it helped me. But also, guess what? It broke some people. It completely broke some people. They created the greatest gymnastics dynasty in American history, maybe in the history of the world, one of the greatest Olympic dynasties in any sport. Yet simultaneously, they created a culture that created the greatest sex scandal in American sports history and that left a trail of hundreds and hundreds of victims. When you look at the Carolis, their legacy is 50-50. It's the gold and the price of gold. So the big question is, is there a difference between winning and success? If you're going to subscribe to a win-at-all-cost mentality, will you take the responsibility of the collateral damage? The Carolis created a gymnastics empire, but in the wake of so much damage, Bella and Marta's legacy is littered with questions. 
And it's the generations of Caroli gymnasts who live with the burden of how they achieved that success. We gave up our childhood to represent the United States of America. USA Gymnastics as an organization, they brought them in to create the system and to win. And I think the Curleys thought, you know, win at all costs, because that's our job, that's what we're here to do. Everything that they supposedly worked for, they did it on the sacrifice of little girls' bodies, minds, their mental health, their emotional well-being. How can anybody say that's success? I would ask them why they only felt like there was one way to win. They produce champions, and then all the other coaches who come up and they see that, they think, oh, this is the way you're supposed to cheer your athletes. This is how you create results. How can you say you did any good and not more harm? So to me, you don't have a legacy. You have a trail of emotionally and mentally, as well as physically broken gymnasts. What? Coach Bella and Marta Caroli brought to the sport. Bella Caroli, hear him? They came to the United States as immigrants and brought United States to the highest level of gymnastics. You can do it. Judges, put your pencils down. That is an Olympic gold medal winning moment. What they did it was great. It worked. What I have problems with is the price of the gold medal is not worth the sacrificing of a child. If you or someone you know has been subjected to sexual assault or abuse and you would like more information or support, these hotlines can help. Rain's 24-7 Confidential National Sexual Assault Hotline, 1-800-656-4673, or Child Help, 1-800-422-4453. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Heavy Metals was reported by me, Alyssa Ronick, and Bonnie Ford. Producers Andrew Mambo and Meredith Hodnot. Senior producer Julia Lowry Henderson. Executive producers Libby Geist and Aaron Leiden. Mix engineering and sound design by Mitra Kaboli. Production management and licensing Luis Argianis, Kath Sankey, and Jennifer Thorpe. Production assistants Riley Bloom, Gus Navarro, Samantha Dowd, and Trevor Gill. Original music by Ian Koss. Executive producers for ESPN, Connor Shell, Rob King, and Allison Overholt. This podcast was developed by Jenna Anthony and Adam Newhouse with help from Jody Avergan. Additional production support from Amy Van Dusen and Eve Wolf. Archival producer, Juliana Branham. John Mastro Berardino provided fact-checking. Terry Langford did legal research. ESPN Audio, Tom Ricks, Megan Judge, Pete Giannassini, and Ryan Graner. Special thanks to Jenna Janovey and Elaine Tang, Jolene Van Vute, and the production teams at ESPN LA and ESPN New York. This season of 30 for 30 podcasts was produced in association with ESPNW.